Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is James P. Friel. I'm super excited to be here today. We've got a great guest, Scott Gerber, who I'll introduce in just a moment. We also have a co-host that I'm forced to do this show with. His name's Dean Holland. Dean, he, how are you today? <laughs> I'd be a little better if you sound a little more excited when you introduce no, me. You know? I, I, I think I even heard a sigh. It was almost like your in-laws coming over or something and the dad hates you. Like, you just sounded really, really down on me there. It's not really like that. It's more like that scene in the Shawshank Redemption when he realized he was wrongly convicted and he was going to be stuck in prison for a long time. <laughs> at, least it, at least it wasn't the scene where he was trawling through a, a sewer of shite. Like, that, that's well, good. that's what the actual recording of the show <laughs> <laughs> We're in for a good show. <laughs> I think so. Well, I'm excited that we've got uh, a fellow New Yorker here, although I'm not living in New York anymore. Uh, somebody who has a thick skin, uh, who can hang with us, um, who's also, uh, ironically, with that introduction, one of the people who teaches people how to not just go around and you know mindlessly network with people, but actually how to develop real relationships. Um, Scott Gerber, awesome to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me, guys. So Scott, with that introduction, are you uh, are you still feeling like building relationships is a good thing, or we should just sort of not do that? Well, I feel like after meeting the both of you, I have to really rethink some viewpoints. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think at the end of the day, you know, there's just so many. I mean, you guys have have all met this caricature, right? The guy who's at that trade show that shakes your hand with really sweaty palms while holding you too tight, giving you a business card, looking over your shoulder at the next person he's supposed to meet and trying to figure out how to work you before he does that. And so I think what we really are about, myself and my, my co-author Ryan and my business partner, you know, for the last decade have really been about is how do we get out of that icky, disgusting feeling? And instead of doing this sort of lazy out for yourself, short-sighted nonsense, actually do something that in 10 years from now, you could tell your kids about and not feel like you need to be, you know, washed off with an entire bottle of, uh, of God knows what kind of a dif- disinfectant. You know, that's really the key here. Oh, James, this will go really well for you then. You should probably listen up. <laughs> I'm taking notes. And I'm going to figure out where I went wrong with you. <laughs> Hopefully Scott can help me get to the bottom of that. So Scott, I think that's, I think that's super cool because obviously there's all that front end stuff that about, you know, traditional networking and the, the feeling that you get and and that whole you know sort of situation that you described that that sucks, but there's also like from my perspective the uh, the long term benefit mm-hmm. is if you build real relationships and you actually nurture them and you connect with people on a meaningful level, then you don't have to constantly be churning through like tons and tons of people. You can actually have fewer meaningful, more profitable and deeper relationships for the long term. And that seems to make a lot more sense from a logical perspective too. Absolutely. I mean, the reality is, is that, you know, 
here's the funny thing. As much as we've been brought up in this culture of excess and abundance and more is better and all these sort of, you know, ass backwards ways of thinking around what a community, what a network actually is, the, the reality is pretty clear. Your inner circle should be on the smaller side. And because you can go deeper with a more selective group of individuals, then those individuals think similarly to you where they also are putting themselves selectively in small, very intimate settings. So you're building a series of direct and indirect relationships just by going deep instead of wide. And so, you know, I genuinely think that if people can have a bit more empathy, a bit more curiosity, a bit more time, rather than trying to find the latest conversion or growth hacking BS that some blogger wanted to make some clickbait around, you know, we would be better for it. Because the thing that kills me, guys, is how many times have you talked to someone where they're giving you some, and I love to say this, I'm using air quotes. I hope your audience can, can visualize. Uh, they, they're giving you tips and tricks, right? I love that crap because to me, it's like when you talk to somebody and they're giving you their best networking tips or their best marketing and conversion tips, right? And then you go and you ask them afterwards. So, you know, when somebody does that to you, so when somebody sends you that kind of email, do you open it? And the answer is usually, no, I know that, that it's marketing. It's like, so let me get this straight. You're pitching some shit that telling everybody what they should do to, to do X, Y, Z, but you yourself don't do it. That's the kind of culture we live in right now. It's insane. Absolutely. So before we get into like, uh, you know, some of the ways that you, you teach people and what you share in your book and stuff like that, why, why this topic? Like, why, why did you get involved in this instead of the, you know, thousand other things that you could be doing? Yeah. So, I mean, look, I'm, I'm a product of, of the logic that we use to do this. I mean, myself and my partner about 10 years ago put together uh, our first community called the Young Entrepreneur Council, which today is one of the largest uh, organizations for highly successful young entrepreneurs in the country. That then morphed into a business where we took that model and, you know, that ethos and put it behind a number of storied brands like Forbes Councils or Men's Health Fitness Council and other media and global brands. And, and so the whole idea is, you know, we've just seen it firsthand, sort of this metastasizing of this old school logic that no longer applies. And when we set out to do the kinds of unique experiences and great opportunities for members to connect in our various communities, we want to ensure the success for their sake of creating a great environment, but also creating great relationships. And if we can use the framework that we know work for us. And I say framework and mindset, not tips and tricks, right? Because this is not a, there's no one size fits all. There's no 10 steps to the best networking. Like this is a mindset shift in the same way that if you want to lose weight, you stop doing shit like Nutrislim or, you know, saying you're going to eat five calories less and instead you change your lifestyle. It's no different in this mindset. And so that's why we really wanted to come out with this book on this topic because we've lived it. We've met the other top connectors over the course of our careers around various industries that uh, we've shared insights with and they've shared insights with us. And we just thought it was time to put together a framework for the, the century we're living in uh, versus the old school Chamber of Commerce raccoon society and really think through ways in which we can make and progress the entire idea of human relationships going back to human instead of vanity metrics, likes and shares. And so that's the whole construct. And I think it's, uh, it's an important thing to talk about. Because we're all sick and tired of that networking thing, yet at the same time, we fall victim to it, but also are guilty of it. And so I think we need a new series of frameworks to get people out of that mindset and into a new one. So, Dean, I don't think uh, I don't think the name of our show, Just the Frameworks, would have exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that. I'm thinking, oh, crap, we better not ask Scott for any tips. <laughs> 
was going to be the next thing I asked him. So, uh, <laughs> so, so, so Scott, so talk a little bit more about this framework then. Like what, what is the way of going about this that you feel leads to, um, not only more uh, profitable relationships, but but I I think more meaningful ones. Yeah. yeah, I think first and foremost, you have to audit yourself and determine, you know, how messed up are you, right? And this sounds like a funny thing, but at the end of the day, um, I'm going to ask your... Sorry to interrupt, Scott. Dean, you may not want to do that. It might just like... <laughs> I, I will admit, I just started getting really nervous in case this point are towards me. Like, we could be here all day. This will be the longest show we've ever put out. This is this is one of those things though that I think we're we're so guilty of, but we don't actually we're not truthful about it. So I'm going to ask everybody to be really truthful about this just to themselves. And that is for the next 5 conversations you have, okay, that are business oriented with someone that you've never met before. I want you in the first minute of the conversation to determine where your brain goes. Does it go, well, I want to create value for this person, but I'm trying to figure out where I can fit and help that person? Or does it go the way of most networkers, which is this person isn't valuable to me, so I need to end this conversation soon. Hmm. Most people will lie to themselves about that. So I'm asking you not to. And it's not because you're helpless. If you are more of a networker out for yourself, one side kind of transactional person, but it's understanding what you're starting with, right? Once you do that, I think you first have to determine how much self-awareness do you really have? Are you empathetic? And are you curious? I think these are the three key traits of any great connector. And so you have to know, do you really understand what people think of you? And do you really understand you? Or are you putting on the personal branding, you know, nonsense makeup every morning, right? You have to really ensure that you can understand who you are, but at the same time, understand that people are going to view you a certain way. And you want to make sure that's aligned with your actual intentions, aligned with your actual sense of being. Because a lot of people are great people, but then they put on this, you know, social media facade, uh, and, and people think they're arrogant or they're too uppity or they're not approachable or they are not worth talking to. And so I think that there's a lot there on an empathetic level. I think a lot of people have no idea what empathy really is. Empathy to them is, oh my God, how much longer is this conversation for me? I feel so bad for me. But they don't think, man, this person's going through something big or small. It's obviously meaningful to them. How do I help play a role in helping them get around or through or over their challenge? And so it's understanding that. And then lastly, curiosity. I think any connector will tell you that the reality of business and great conversations stems from great questions. And I think we are so surface level today in this microwave generation we live in that we don't put the time in to have follow-up questions and real conversation. We're asking BS like, how's the weather? Or how's business? Or you know, really surface level stuff. Or my personal favorite hatred question, which is, how can I help you? I love that question. It's like the best social script known to man that really should be thrown into a bucket off a, off a ridge. <laughs> but the reality is that we don't ask questions of people to learn more, to, to, inqu to inquire, to become that sort of Sherlock Holmes of discourse. And those are the kinds of things that are important. Because if you don't get good context, you can't be a good connector. Because what are you connecting based on? Um, so I think those are the frameworks. And then the key mission statement, if you will, that I want to leave everyone with on this is you can't cheat real time. I had a mentor that once told me that when I was in my early 20s, and I didn't really take it to heart when I should have. I think we are in this culture of I want it faster, sooner, and cheaper on a daily basis in every part of our lives. But you can't cheat real time, and relationships take real time. Right. Think about the five people you know best in the world. 
you can't possibly have had only five conversations with those people or even 10 conversations. It's probably dozens or thousands of conversations over many years where you learn more and more, where you see how people adapt and you've seen them gone through things, good, bad, and ugly. And, and so, you know, it's crucial to realize this is a long-term life game. This is not, Hey, next month, this is my relationship quota. It's nonsense. So those are the, some of the key things that set the proper foundation for this sort of super connector philosophy. Mm, that's awesome, man. I think you're spot on with that. And, and, and relationships do take time. And I think that the biggest, the biggest issue that I see, especially in like the social media world, is people operate more like, uh, like bumblebees moving from one flower to the next instead of investing in, you know, in the relationships that they could add value and receive value and that become mutually beneficial and meaningful. And it's just, uh, it's just stunning to watch that happen because life is an organic process and relationships are organic. And I think you can do things to put yourself out there and add value to people so that you're more attractive, but you still have to let those things take root. And I think sometimes it's just sheer impatience that causes people to have the short term and short sightedness when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, what drives me crazy is we've gone from talking about human relationships to platforms, right? And now the platforms are realizing they're too inhuman. And so their business models are being hurt. So what are they doing? They're pulling back to make conversation and communication, you know, the original freaking intent, the actual goal again, right? With Facebook <laughs> changing its algorithm and all this stuff. Uh, and so it's a unique moment we're in. And so, you know, if you have a true community, doesn't matter if you're on Messenger or Pinterest or Facebook groups or whatever. The community should be transportable because it's not a platform. It's people. And that's where brands have gotten this wrong. It's where a lot of organizations have gotten this wrong. Publishers have gotten this wrong. They all think that audience and the idea of having a lot of fans, followers, you know, tweeters, whatever the hell it is, is an actual community. And they're wrong. And they're very wrong. And it's stunning to me that they still double down. Like when Facebook changed its algorithm a couple of weeks ago, of course, you got all the agencies the next day talking about how do you game the new system instead of, is this even the fucking system we should be gaming? Right. Mm -hmm. Is this the system we should be investing in? It's crazy to me. I mean, here's another one, guys. How many times do you find yourself in a conversation where this type of crap comes up? So what are your best tips and tricks? I, I'm sorry. I'm using like the nerd voice now. What are your best tips and tricks <laughs> for, for, for real world engagement versus the online world? Fuck you, the real world and the online world. There's one goddamn world. There's not two fucking worlds. Nonsense. I told but James that constantly. He calls me his online friend. I'm like, <laughs> real world shit. I am your friend. Stop trying to push me away. Uh, there's things called restraining order. <laughs> I've been. <trying. laughs> We, we are being put into buckets by marketers. And the same thing applies to relationships where all of a sudden there's these constructs. Why? Because some guy's a guru ninja warrior that's making money on some stupid methodology that came out last week to sell you some fucking Nutra shake, right? And so the reality is, is that we have to realize relationships should be 360, multidimensional, real world, quote unquote, and online world, quote unquote. Like this is about real relationships, not a series of different fiefdoms on platforms you don't own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You hit the nail on the head in terms of like what building a relationship ought to be about. And, and clearly you're not against, you know, using these platforms no. to do that. 
But you're just you're suggesting that people are going about it using looking at the wrong metrics, the, having the wrong angle towards the whole thing. How how do you recommend that people engage with each other, whether it it is through the platforms or or not? I feel like there's there's some some way of doing it that makes this last better, and that that I like what you said about having a portable community. Yep, like that to me seems very uh, very like super like a great aspiration to have. Yeah. So, I mean, look, first and foremost, you have to realize the playing field has fundamentally changed, right? When, when Facebook and other big platforms came out, you know, a decade plus ago, uh, the reality was, is that humanity was the key, right? You were playing into the best nature of humanity to interconnect humanity. And then what happened? Like every platform from networking to, you know, advertising to whatever marketers came in and bastardized the whole thing. And instead of humanity being the driver, the, the technology that was meant to quote unquote amplify humanity became the thing. So instead of it amplifying meaningful conversation, it amplified market speak. It megaphoned advertising. It made people sell instead of speak. And so I think first and foremost, we have to go back to our most tribal selves, which is to be selective in who we communicate with is to build deeper relationships. So for example, on Facebook, we use Facebook for many of our groups uh, and it's a great platform to curate people on a platform they're already on. The question is how you're doing it. Like there's something to be said about a Facebook group being incredibly meaningful for a forum experience. If it's properly curated, if you're bringing the right people into the conversations, if you're being criteria driven, so you're not just letting every person with a voice, you know, be a part of the conversation and, and ensuring that there's people that should be heard are the ones that are involved, uh, moderating it so that you are becoming the center of influence in the conversation, even if you're not the expert of the conversation, not you driving, but you curating and convening. And so I think that instead of being this megaphone, oh, be my friend or buy my product or whatever other crap you're spewing to get what you believe to be on the forefront, sometimes taking a step back and being seen as the connector that brings the right parties together in the online world and provides a safe space and a curated dialogue puts you in the driver's seat because you are seen as that curator, but not necessarily the expert. And so I think instead of us being, especially for extroverts out there that feel they have to share every single thing at volume 10 all the time, I think taking a step back and bringing the right people together, regardless of platform, and ensuring those spaces is the crucial element that I think you can do on almost any platform available. It doesn't matter if it's a public or private space necessarily, but there's ways to curate and ensure bad voices or bad actors are out of the conversation. And so I think that this is the moment where we need to get back to our most human selves. We need to get back to a time when we can just speak, when we can open our mouths and learn more and ask questions. And it doesn't matter if those questions are at a quote unquote networking event in person or if they're online, but it's creating real meaningful dialogue that adds value to all stakeholders, centers you in the center of influence and positions you for longer term deep dives with the people that, by the way, are filling you in on all these crazy amounts of context they're providing you, determine who you can vet to be a deeper, meaningful relationship in the long term. You know, so you know who to invest in. That's how I think this has to go. Be human. Don't let the technology amplify technology. Don't let the, temp- the technology amplify ad speak. Let the technology amplify the connection opportunity and not in the sense of friends or likes or shares, but you meeting John, you meeting Sally, you having a deep conversation across the world with the right person. That's the way it should be. Any, any business owner, any entrepreneur or you know Fortune 500 exec is going to want to say, okay, cool. All of this sounds really good. 
Like, I love the idea. Let's get back to our tribal selves. Let's have more meaningful relationships and conversations. But at some point, any any business person is going to say, all right, cool, Scott. How does this actually impact my numbers? Yep. Yep. And what sort of things have you seen with this more meaningful relationship, community-driven approach that has created a great, uh, great business result at the same time. Yep. We're living proof, right? We went from, you know, knowing no one in these various communities that we've ended up building and just being a startup, you know, seven years ago, like everybody else trying to figure out how to make things work to building a multi-million dollar business with nearly a hundred headcount internal. So, you know, we're proof that over time, if you do well by people in, in aggregate as a cumulative total, uh, you are going to see return, uh, for yourself. Here's the difference. I think that a lot of people going back to where we started this conversation are, are so deep on this is John. I'm having a conversation with John. What value can I extract from John instead of, hey, I'm curating 50, 500, 5,000 people over a period of time in various different segments and ways that if I'm getting a certain percentage of those folks that I've done really well for, when an opportunity comes their way or when I need to make an ask of them, the the idea that I was there for them, that I listened, even if I couldn't help them, I showed that I truly was trying, like that value becomes much higher that they will help you in your time of need or send opportunities your way. And so we talk a lot in the book about a number of different strategies around what other connectors have have done from how you can make a smart ask of people in your community uh, to ensure that when the time comes, you can really get the same level of social capital and introduction value to have stronger referral capability, right? I mean, the idea is that you could ping a CEO 500 different ways from Tuesday and cold outreach. But if the CEO's second in command or best friend or wife all of a sudden is able to make a direct introduction, much different situation. And so we talk about things like how do you invest not just in the person at the top, but the pyramid of influence of every single individual so that you're you know treating all people as value add participants uh, for you and for them that can ultimately one day help you to get to the echelons you need uh, another example how people look at individual activities that they uh, invest their time or marketing dollars in as a connector is very different than how let's say a traditional brand would do it you know you have let's say brands doing activations all the time where it's like, hey, we're going to do this big event for influencers, another word that I love, um, for, for influencers is out by that South by Southwest, right? That's like their, like, let's, let's use a construct. So now all of a sudden you get five, 10, 15,000 people. The agency says, look at all this great engagement. And in the end, how do you measure that? Whereas we have connectors that have brought together, say, like my friend Derek Coburn, uh, he wrote a, a book as well. Uh, he has a company called Cadre. He's done wealth management before where he does something very simple. He, for his wealth management clients, does a very high-end wine event multiple times per year. And he asks his clients that are very big into wine because he wants to ensure people like really love the wine come and that they can all bring one guest and that guest has to be someone who is also a big connoisseur of wine. So what has he just done? He's basically brought together people that have a real passion and love for a certain kind of activity. And the people that ultimately are in his circle are going to be high net worth individuals that likely want to impress their friends. So they then bring high net worth individuals that also enjoy wine. Now Derek has this event where he has, let's say, 25 or 50 people, half of which he knows, half of which he doesn't. Do you think Derek has to pitch one time in that room for everybody in the room to know how good Derek is at what he does? No, because he set up a moment where the referral is natural. And all of a sudden, when he walks up to his friend, John, who brought Sally, John is going to make an introduction. This is the guy who's the host of the event tonight. He's done wonderful work for me. I told you what he did earlier. You know, oh, Sally says, wow, you know, this is really impressive. Thank you so much for having me. You know, what have you done for this kind of strategy? 
And now all of a sudden, it's not a pitch. You've been asked a question. So you change the room dynamics. You're changing the way you're investing in activities and activations. You're changing the way people view you. You're changing the way your community sees you, all because you're taking proper steps to constantly be a habitual giver and be someone that's creating real estate that makes sense instead of throwing in dumb money on big things that don't matter for vanity's sake. That's the difference. So, okay. So, so you've got, you've got this, that's a great illustration of this whole thing. And I love, I love that, um, the wine event idea. That's super cool. You've, uh, you've been working with young entrepreneurs, like you said, what do you say to somebody who's sort of at the beginning of their entrepreneurial journey and just starting out, who's not, you know, they don't really have a lot of success yet. They don't have, uh, you know, a, a network that they can call upon and say, Hey, I'm doing this high level wine event. Like how, Yep. How does that person just start adding value and creating creating the this the the gravitas to to have that kind of um, relationship? Absolutely. So look, we all started there, right? I mean, that's the beauty of this. There, this isn't like you need to be rich, you need to be powerful. Like everybody can start somewhere. And again, I also want to make sure everybody understands this. Just because you want to be a connector doesn't mean you have to be connecting captains of industry. I know many people who can, who are huge connectors and say like the home services industry. Right. We have people in the book. We talk about like Abby's Windows that is a local window treatment company. And she's become the guru of that industry just because she's constantly giving best practices and tips in her local town. And so she's the person we talk about an accountant that for the last 40 years has built a career and never looked for a single accolade yet has held literally every position you can hold in the town from chairman of the bank to elder in his church. And it's all because he set down roots and set the tone that he wanted to be someone that was giving back to his group. And he was just consistent. He was consistent in being a giver in his hometown. Uh, Jim Pierce, we talk about in the book in Homestead, Florida. So when you get started, we talk about the idea in the book of of sort of renting real estate and, and obviously not in the traditional sense, but there's a lot of great groups out there that might not be the exact fit like maybe there's, again, a, a, an old school chamber of commerce that has some really great people and some folks that don't make any sense or just are, are phoning it in, right? Or there's great groups that you can go on mastermind retreats or there's great groups like that are local social events. And when you're putting yourself out there, you are finding existing communities where you can learn who's around, see who makes sense, and figure out who in these communities makes the most sense to better engage with and better connect with. Or you're meeting the stakeholders and the curators, we call in the book the anchors of those communities, uh, the hosts, the the main you know person uh, that is putting that together. And so by meeting other connectors and going and being habitually generous to them and figuring out what you can do to, to be mindful of, of helping them in any way possible that is reasonable, uh, that is not meant as a gimmick, but is meant as an actual value add for them, you're now being able to curate your own pool of people. Because if all of a sudden you're able to find 10, 20 people over the course of a year or two years that are like the connectors in certain spaces and they like you because you're a good person and you you mean what you say and you do what you say uh, and you're just a very value add in their community, you participate actively, you're an advocate for them, you're a conversation starter, you're someone who helps them in curating or having additional conversations in their social forums or in their events, like that stands out. And then you're able to start going from renting to owning where you can now create your own real estate, your own Facebook group, your own local event, your own, whatever it is by curating those individuals you've met into that experience and providing a high level value to those individuals meeting one another. 
So it's, it's again, these structures are not impossible to achieve. You just have to be mindful that you don't have to start at the, you know, 36,000 foot level. I think that's where most people make the mistake and they're going to spend most of their days cold outreaching to Richard Branson and having no uh, feedback, right? And, and so that's what you got to avoid. You got to do what makes sense for you, but you start where you can start. You start where you have access and you play a meaningful role in those areas and then slowly curate your own social capital, your own selective group, your own people around you, your own inner circle. That makes sense. Awesome. Dean, I've been monopolizing the microphone asking questions. What do you got? No, I just, oh, I thought, I thought, I'm sorry. I thought James was the smart one. <laughs> he just sounds better. I, I can't speak. No, no, no. You sound better. You have the accent. That means at least it, with, with the accent, at least 90% of your audience thinks you're the smart one. I mean, it's clearly the accent wins. To be honest, Scott, like it's not fair when I talk because people just forget James is here. So I just have to be quiet some of the time. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, I think, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Everything you're going through. And I think it makes perfect sense. Like for, for us, for example, some of the stuff that we do in business, like we work with people that uh, generally are in the early stages of their business and we, we help them, you know, to, to start building those businesses online. I'm more a sort of marketing and sales uh, guy, but we, we were always running. What you've just been talking about there is people with people starting with, with the people that they can start with and, and having that circle of influence where they're at. You know, it's very similar really to kind of what we say to people because we encounter a lot of our customers where they think, well, why would anyone listen to me when there are much bigger and more successful businesses and experts out there? And, you know, we say a very similar message to those guys. It's about relating to and communicating with the people that you can and, and are surrounded with and can surround yourself with. So I think it's really interesting what you're saying. Look, if, you, if you're successful, right, and, or, or you have a successful mindset and you're a good person, you know, the whole point of being a connector is not everybody's going to be a billionaire, millionaire, or, you know, politician that's of great note or a singer, celebrity, or whatever. There's amazing people everywhere. Your job is to identify those amazing people. Likewise, if they are amazing people and you hopefully strive to be an amazing person, you will be found. And that's really the key here. I think that people are so investing in the wrong areas because they've been told to do so. They've been told, build a personal brand, but not the right way. They've been told, you know, here's how to do five steps to the perfect cold outreach email, but not been told the why or how. They've just been told, here's the gimmicks and hacks. They've been told, hey, you know, it's that one meeting that makes the difference but never told how many times and how many people and how many years it takes to get that one meeting. Right. And so I think it's time that we really think through this idea that if you are an amazing person and you are trying to be amazing every day and doing little things here and there, it takes notice. And because you're not a transactional thinker, if you do this right, you know, it's not about John and Sally and winning John and Sally to win a sale. It's about the fact that there are hundreds of John and Sally's that when the time comes, if you've been smart at how you position yourself to others, the value you can bring to others, and what you do yourself, others will give back in time because you've been memorable, because you've provided value. Because even if, again, you didn't provide that life-changing help, people notice and they want to help others who really are valuable to them. So I think that these are the keys and I think it is approachable. I think it's achievable. And most importantly, I think that it's something that is relatable. I just wish that everybody that listens to this, you know, knows like at the end of the day, you know, 10 years ago, I wasn't doing any of this. You know, I was in the film industry. Like 
And now I'm seen as a connector in business uh, of, of very prestigious organizations. And it's not because my daddy or my mommy had money. In fact, my mom was a school teacher. My dad was a sales guy. Both, I love them dearly. They gave me a great life. I'm not, I'm certainly not uh, giving negative, but you know, I didn't have a silver spoon. I didn't have pedigree. Okay. And at the same time, you know, I, I had to make it on my own. Like, you know, and, and so I think that these are just key things that hopefully are relatable to your audience, that this is not some one percenter fantasy. Because if you actually dedicate your time to set your mind correctly and think about the right ways to go about being human again and being human with a clear vision and goal for what you want to achieve in your life, this is not some Tony Robbins stuff. This is reality that you'll be able to achieve this stuff. And I hope you do. Well, and I think, you know, one of the things, uh, one of the things, Scott, that keeps coming to mind is as we're having this conversation is I, I recently uh, read a book called Principles by Ray Dalio. Great book. Uh, awesome book. And, you know, one of the most uh, wealthy and influential guys in, in the world. And one of the things that he said, his whole entire goal was summarized in, in this to, to do meaningful work and have meaningful relationships. And, uh, you know, I think when you're talking about getting back to being human and, you know, experiencing, you know, sort of nurturing these relationships and things like that, I think that is part of what it is to be human. And we seek purpose and we seek meaning. And when you're just constantly like a revolving door with this, you know, transactional way of treating people that, that, that erodes you as an individual, I think. And, you know, this is, you know, be in it for the long term. And I, I love your approach and what you've shared with us here today. Um, and so let's talk about the book for a second. If people want to get their hands on a copy of that, how do they go about that? Well, you can buy it uh, everywhere books are sold, or you can go to superconnectorbook.com and uh, check it out there. Read a little bit more about it. See uh, what people have to say about it and pick which place you want to order it from. Uh, so, you know, we really appreciate it. You know, I, Ryan and I really wrote this book at the end of the day, uh, not because we uh, plan on getting rich off a book. I mean, whoopty, we'd be, we'd love to make money. Sure. That's the capitalist way. The reality is we really believe this is a message worth sharing. We believe this truly can help. We believe that the top connectors that we interviewed care passionately about the frameworks and mindsets that we've shared, the strategies we've shared. Uh, and it's our privilege uh, to give this to as many people as we can, this knowledge. So I hope you take us up on it. And I thank you in advance for, uh, for, you know, taking the time guys. Thank you. And to your audience, I hope you enjoy the book. Yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks God. It's been, uh, it's been great having you here today. Uh, before we wrap it up, Dean Holland from the United Kingdom. <laughs> What else do you have? Yeah, I just want to say thank you, Scott. It has been a, it's a really fun show as well as a great show for the content you've bought. So just want to say thank you. It's been great to speak to you and share all of this stuff with the audience. You are awesome. Cheers, mate. Awesome. Cool. Well, all right, you guys. So head over to uh, superconnectorbook.com. Check out Scott's work. I think if uh, you know this conversation here today is a taste of what's in, inside that book, you guys really need to check it out. I know I will be doing that. And uh, once again, Scott, thanks so much for being here today. To all of our listeners, we appreciate you guys. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll talk with you next time on another episode of Just a Tips. Thanks for tuning in to Just a Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.